I, I don't take myself too seriously. And I, our son sent me a joke. And I'm going to share it with you because it's, to me it's funny. There is a, he, 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 he understands that, that Lynn and I are, are mature. <laughs> and there is a, a mature couple sitting in church. And uh, the, the, the woman was, was hard of hearing, had her hearing aids in. And the husband was sitting next to her. And she leaned over and she said, I just let out a silent poop. What do you think? And he said, I think you need to change your hearing aid batteries. Come on, y'all. It's funny. It, it's an awesome time to be alive. It really is. You say, well, what's so awesome about it, Pastor? It's, it, you know, I, I, I don't think that living through COVID is awesome. I, I don't think that living through all the political disappointment is, 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 is awesome. I don't think being disheartened or disappointed or discouraged is awesome. But let me assure you, it could be worse. It could be worse if I didn't have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It could be worse that He never had the stripes that healed. It could be worse if the cross was not bloody that day. It could be worse if, if He hadn't taken possession of the keys. It could be worse if the tomb was not empty. It could be worse if I weren't looking for a day when there will be a trumpet blast. Because that day is coming, my friends. That day is coming. And it's coming sooner than many believers and many of the world want to think that it is. That day when, when the world will not hold me any longer and somewhere between here and there, I'll exchange this, this broken, broken body for the intended glorified body. A day when, when time will be no more. A day with no more getting old and frail. No more sadness and tears. No more sicknesses and diseases. No more heartbreaks. No more funerals over there. Just joy. Just joy forevermore. I want to share a few Easter facts with you so that uh, so yeah, you can refute, you can tell anybody's disbelief. Here are the facts. The stripes on Jesus' back equals healing of our bodies. And it's a healing for the physical, but it's also a healing for the spiritual. Second, uh, first, Second Peter 2.24 He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. You were healed. The Old Covenant is Isaiah 53.5. It says, by His stripes, you will be healed. 2 Peter 2.24 says, you were healed. It's already done. It's already done. It might not have made it into your body yet, but I assure you, Jesus paid the price. A bloody cross equals a cleansed spirit. 1 John 1.7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, thank you for the blood. 
I was, I was in my mid-40s before I understood that. Where I used to go to church, we never talked about the blood of Jesus. Why do we want to talk about something gory? My friends, let me tell you that the cross of Christ was not pretty like many churches have hanging up in the, in the front or back of a sanctuary. It was rough hewn with splinters. And when Jesus came off, it was covered in the blood of the Messiah. An empty tomb equals filled hearts. John 20 verse 2 says, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they're putting. And then Romans 15 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, John 10.10 fills our heart. That I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. A living Savior means redeemed people. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Luke 1.68 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people. He is the one. He is the one who holds the keys to life and death. And He is our Savior. And He is our Redeemer. No other but Jesus. Revelation 1, 17 and 18 says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. Amen. I hold the keys of death and Hades. These are truths about what happened and the benefits that we have today because of the sacrifice Jesus was willing to give. He did not have to die on the cross. He could have called down the angels and they would have taken Him. He could have done what the leaders were mocking Him to do. In Matthew 27, verses 39-43 through 43 says, And those who passed by blasphemed Him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests, the chief priests, the ones who trusted God the most, supposedly, mocking with the scribes and the elders, they said, He saved others Himself and cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down for the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. People still mock Jesus today, don't they? Is he really the son of God? How can you believe that? It's a fairy tale. These people knew the scripture that did this. They knew the Old Testament. They knew what the prophets had prophesied. Yet they still mocked the Messiah. I've been doing a series of, of the I Am's of Jesus and I want you to know that Jesus not only rose from the grave, but He is the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He says this, He says in John 11, 
25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is a story about Lazarus. Most of you remember that story. I want to give you a little bit of a lead into what was going on. Uh, Jesus has been told Lazarus is ill. He doesn't immediately run to the scene though. Matthew 11.4 said, Jesus heard, when Jesus heard that, He said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. There's a plan. God had a plan. God always has a plan. We usually don't see it, but He has a plan. This plan is so great, even the enemy doesn't understand it. He doesn't see it. Matthew 11, verses 5 and 6. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I mean, come on. He loved them. Why didn't he go? I... Jesus here, here, hears that Lazarus, whom he loves, it says right, right here in the Bible, he loves him, is very sick. And he does nothing. He doesn't immediately leave to help. He doesn't speak a word of healing, which could have been spoken as he did with the, with, with, with the centurion's servant. He could have spoke the word, and Lazarus would have been healed. He simply stays where he is two more days. Think about being one of the disciples then. They knew how he felt about Lazarus. Why aren't we going? I mean, maybe Jesus is up on the hill praying and they're sitting around the fire going, I just can't figure him out sometimes. He just doesn't make sense. He's probably telling us little parables. I never get them things. Oh Lord, help me. Sitting around going, man... Sometimes God delays on acting on my behalf. He does. Maybe yours too. Maybe you wonder, why isn't God doing this? I know He can. <laughs> why is it taking longer than I want it to be? Maybe, if we take time to realize we're looking at the worldly scene and not the spiritual scene. And God is not carnal or worldly. God is spirit. Jesus has a plan that involves showing many people that He was the life. That meant letting Lazarus die. That was the way God's Son would be glorified. The plans of God revolve around Him revealing more of His life to you. Sometimes when it doesn't happen as fast, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Sometimes you think He's delayed. Lord, what do I need to learn? John 11, 11 through 15. These things He said, and after that He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Have you ever seen that commercial, uh, the A&W root beer commercials, that's thick-headed? People saying stupid stuff, and, and it's like, I think some of the disciples were thick-headed. Lazarus sleeps. Well, good, he'll get better. He's going to sleep it off. No, he's dead. Jesus had to just say it, right? He's dead. Jesus had a lot more grace. I probably said, listen, moron. He's dead. But Jesus said, let's go. <laughs> I'm really, listen, I'll be straight up. I, I am so thankful that the Bible includes these things because it makes me feel less ignorant. That's N-U-R-N-T, ignorant. Sometimes I'm reading and I just don't get it. And then it comes to me. He gives me hope the apostles were wrong. A lot. Jesus arrives at the tomb. Lazarus has been in the, the grave for four days. I want you to understand. Four days late was perfect timing in God's time. There's a wonderful song called Four Days Late. Listen to it sometimes. It just... It rocks my world every time I listen to it. Get goosebumps and tear up. And whew. Many years ago, James Dobson wrote a, a book titled When God Doesn't Make Sense. He's a big seller back in the 90s. a huge seller. Well, Jesus just didn't make sense to Mary and Martha and the Jews gathered around on that day. So what we see first happening in all this comes out of everybody's mouth. In, in John eleven twenty one, it says, Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary says in verse 32, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The Jews say in verse 37, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Everybody is saying, If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Why weren't you here? What's wrong with you? Isn't that one of Satan's best attacks? Satan says, he says he loves you, but where is he? Oh, don't think I hadn't heard that more than once. You know, he really doesn't care about you. There's too many other people he's worried about. <laughs> Why should he love you? Look how you live. Look how you talk. Look at you. He says that he's kind and faithful. But look how you've been living for 15 years. It's a real battle. Played out in the hearts and minds of the believers of Jesus Christ daily. And I can assure you this is playing out more as we see the end of the age approaching. The Bible says even the elect will be deceived. That many will fall away. Hmm. Satan is always looking for an opening to exploit. He's going to come in and say, Look, I told you that this was going to happen. Now look what happened. I've got a friend at work. A young man. A good-hearted young man. And I've known him for about four years now. And uh, he had an alcohol problem. I mean, an alcohol problem. 
the breaking straw the first time around is when he passed out naked at work showers. Drunk. Two o'clock in the afternoon. He went to rehab. Lynn and I went to see him. I even played the pastor card. They wouldn't let me in. They said, you're not on visitors list. Oh, well, I'm his pastor. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, give him my business card and let him know I came by, would you? And when he got out, the first person he came to see was me to thank me for caring enough to come and see him. I rode him like a rented mule to stay sober. And when I thought, when he got his gear chip and, and AA and started doing better, I thought he's doing okay. And then he relapsed. And he's been sober again for about eight months or a year, and he's working with me again at a different company. And, and I, I want you to know that Satan is always looking to exploit that, that break he had a few years ago. Whatever break you have had, be it anything, you know, my child just didn't call me anymore. I'm sorry. They're not Jesus. My, my, my wife stays mad at me all the time. Husbands, let me just lay this out real, real plain and simple. Quit being stupid. If your wife's always mad at you, quit being stupid. <laughs> Jim and I know that the best laid plans, don't we, Jim? That's right. It's, it's a matter of Satan saying, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. And he does. But listen to what, what uh, Martha says in 11, uh, John 11, 21-24. She says, uh, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that, that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, Oh, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. In my mind, and, and, and the way that I do things, I, I believe there was a gap between verses 21 and 22. And let, let me read it to you the way that I believe. You know, Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But, but even now, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Yeah, there's that little pause for that, you know, that little, yeah, little twist of the knife, if you will. It's normally an experience in the human race. It's, it's what we do. Verse 21 expressed the confusion of, of the moment from a human point of view. Verse 22 expressed the faith that she had from her inner being, even in the time of confusion. You see, if you're in a time of confusion, make sure you end with a verse 22. Make sure that you say, Lord, I don't understand all things that are happening, but this I know, even now, you are able. Even now, you are good. And even now, I will turn, I will trust, and I will thank you for what you will do in this situation. I love this statement. Quit telling uh, uh, God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. Jesus, in, in verses 23 and 24, said, Jesus said to her, 
Your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he'll rise at the resurrection day. She said this great statement in verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will do. That's great faith. I know that if you ask, He's going to do it. But here we see that she doesn't see what Jesus is about to do. Or who He truly was for that matter. I know in the resurrection in that day He's going to come up. Thank you for doing that. It's great. And let me tell you the great, as great as the resurrection will be, she didn't seem to know that about the one who is life itself right now. Jesus is life. In fact, later when Jesus is about to raise Lazarus and commands the stone be rolled away, Martha basically says, and this is in a, a King James uh, 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 what do they call it? Not translation, but paraphrase. He says, roll that stone away. And she goes, oh no. He stinketh, my Lord. Four days in, there was a natural aroma about him. You know, many Christians are like that, aren't we? We're looking to hope in the future, but not really believing that Jesus can, can or will be what we need today. Oh, but when I get there, Too many people only have a mental aspect of what Jesus can do. Well, I read what the Bible says, and I know that that's the Word, but they don't have a heart knowledge, they don't have a working it out knowledge. John 11, 25 and 26 says, Jesus said to her, Jesus said to her, and remember, Martha just said, I know that He will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. He who believes in Me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? In response to, to Martha's hopeful look into the future resurrection, at the end of the day, Jesus said, No, I am. I am life. I am resurrection. Whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He said to her, I ask you today, do you believe this? Those are penetrating words of Jesus. I believe in the situations of my life that He is the life. I don't, I don't believe in, in the infirmities of my life. I believe in the healing in my life. Yes, they're real. Guys, I... Just because you acknowledge pain doesn't mean you have lack of faith. Why do I sit down for the last few sermons? Because my legs hurt too bad to stand up. That's part of life right now. I'm not mad. I can still see you. I've got some flowers for y'all can't see me, as much of me, but I can see over them. But you see, I can admit the pain, but still acknowledge the healer. 
I'm not going to tell you, oh no, I'm not hurting, I just want to sit down. I'm a liar then, aren't I? There's no need to say, I don't have cancer. But you don't say, I have cancer. You say, there's cancer in my body. Okay? So, so when something's happened, are you believing that Jesus is life? Real quick, and, and for my members and visitors, Lynn, if you, if you didn't know, and all y'all do, I want to share it with you. March 1st, 2013, uh, I was going to work. She'd been feeling bad, and, and she was really strong on not speaking illness. I come downstairs, we have a two-story condo, and I come downstairs, and she's sitting there looking sort of dejected. And I said, what's wrong? And she didn't say anything. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Now she's not going to tell me what's wrong. How can I help you? Don't tell me what's wrong. I'm a man. I can fix this. And I said, what's wrong? And she sort of looks off to the side. I said, can you talk? And she didn't say anything. And she couldn't move. And she was having a severe left brain stroke. I tried to get her dressed. Good to get her dressed. We called the, the ambulance. And they came and got her. We got her to the hospital. Uh, they started the... Uh, some kind of, I can't remember what the medicine is that they put into you to uh, stop the clot and break up the clot. And then they saw something, they stopped that medicine. At, the, at, at um, about 10, 10, 15 that morning, the neuro, neurologist came by and said, Mr. Cooper, if she makes it through today and tonight, we'll just have to reassess the whole left side of her head is, in, is bleeding, the brain. Um, we don't know whether she'll be able to just have a, a hole put in or whether they have to remove part of the skull to drain it. 95% of the people that I've treated with this severe of a stroke will never walk and never talk again. And I looked her dead in the eye. And I said, Doctor, thank you for your facts. But Jesus died 2,000 years ago for Lynn to be healed. More than that, Part of the testimony that I forget to tell was we, we pray every night before we go to sleep. And I prayed, and then that night on, on March the, March the uh, or February 28th, 29th, whatever it was, what day was it? Was it March 1st you stroke? Yeah. She prayed. After I prayed, she said, And God, I thank you that I shall not die, but live and proclaim the good works of the Lord. That saved her. The Word of God saves. The Word of God saves. Hmm. Among all your angst and your concerns, among all your infirmities, remember this I know that even now He is able. When I laid in the hospital uh, at the beginning of 2020, not knowing what I had, body is in sepsis, only five or six hours to live before they, before they could say I, it was too late. And, and I'm laying there and I can barely talk and they're putting so many fluids in me, I blew up like a balloon. And, and everybody that came in, I said, do you know Jesus? Well, said, Mr. Cooper, you're pretty sick. Do you know Jesus? Can I tell you about the God that I serve? I drove Lynn myself to the hospital. I shouldn't have been moving. And I drove us down there, got inside, and they rushed 
men. I, he is able. Woo, glory. Mm. I have found that as, as we mature, I tend to think, because I'm losing more and more friends to death, everyone I read about, I say, boy, I hope they know Jesus. Because I don't have their phone numbers. I don't get to see them. I don't, don't, don't go home that often. I don't have any family there anymore. And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I hope, but as we get older, we, we tend to think more about death. It's just, from the day you're born, your death has begun. Amen. We might not like it, but it's the truth. I think more about the rapture than physical death, though. You know why? Because I put my trust in the upper taker, not the undertaker. Come on now. I trust the upper taker. Mm. Either way, Jesus' resurrection, those that are in Him have His life, and that life cannot die or end. Our hope is not in vain, church. Our hope is not in vain. But I have to add, our hope is not in vain, but to those who do not believe, there's no hope. They will simply pass from death. They will not simply pass from life to death. I mean, from death to life. They are stuck when they die. If you're only born once, just a physical birth, you die twice. Physically and spiritually. If you're born twice, physically and spiritually, you only die once. Scripture's clear. It's appointed once for man to die. I'll throw a curveball into the sermon. I can't say for sure, but I have a good idea who the two witnesses will be during... Because there's two people that never died. Enoch and Elijah. Think about that. If it's appointed... Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, my butterfly brain's flying all around today. If you're a believer at the time of Jesus' return, at the time of the rapture, you'll never see death. It's that simple. Be a big old pile of clothes and your wedding band or your glasses left behind. Can I tell you that anybody bought the Satan sneaker shoes? They'll still be here. If y'all didn't read about that, they made some sneakers that had... had uh, 666 on the side, they're red. You're supposed to have a drop of blood in the soul. Uh, they have the, 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 what's it called, a pentagram, is that right? Sewn on the, on the shoelace. And they only made 666 pairs. My Lord. What's wrong with it? And they sold out in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is a mixed up world. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. <laughs> mm. You'll never see physical or spiritual death if you're here when the rapture comes. Resurrection Sunday, it's not for eggs and not for bunnies. It's about what Jesus did. He knew that what he, he knew what he was soon to face where he himself would go down into death to defeat death once and for all. Death, the Bible says, was the last enemy. Yes, we battle now, but the death was the last enemy. It 
It was that great curtain that no one could tear, no one could peek out from behind. No one could see around and see what was there. In many countries and cultures, people do their best to appease their gods because of, of, of the fear of death. Death is an enemy. But can I tell you, death had never tried to hold him who is life before. <laughs> death got his teeth knocked out. Come on now. I'll be a redneck right up here. Pow! Like Batman show. Pow! Kaboom! Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free who all and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. It's a fear. I don't want to die. I don't have that fear anymore. Now I don't go out and do stupid stuff. I mean, I do drive on I-24 from Nashville, which is probably as close to death as most of, most of us will get on a week, daily basis. And you all know, I, I, those of you who know me, I drive a little bit above the speed limit. I passed Robert last Sunday like he's sitting still. Of course, he was in the left lane. Thank you, Robert, for holding up traffic. <laughs> If you drive 80 on I-24 on I coming toward Murfreesboro any day of the week, you will be the slowest car on the interstate. Unless they're tourists. It's just that way. So I don't drive 80. I don't drive 75 either, so don't, don't think I'm doing it backwards. <laughs> but you see, I don't have a fear of death. I don't have a fear of COVID. I don't have a fear of cancer. I don't have a fear of any disease. I don't fear the things that can take away this body. Because I know that I will live forever. I told our Sunday school class many years ago that once we get a hold of the fact that, I, that we are not earthly bodies going through a spiritual experience, but we are spiritual beings going through an earthly experience. We're ambassadors. We're from heaven sent to earth. We're not earthlies going to heaven a place we don't know. It's a home going. Second hmm. Timothy 1, 9 and 10 says, This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Two things jump out. Jesus destroyed death for the believer. He destroyed it. He didn't kind of mess it up. He destroyed it. It no longer holds power or fear, and it shouldn't hold it over you, anyone who believes in the Lord. You know, it's true. As we age, our, our, sin, our, sin, our skin begins to sag. My, my hair's gotten gray. It's starting to go. My saying used to be I'd rather have it go gray than go away, and now I'm going bald. You know, my sight, I went from no glasses to glasses to progressives. 
formerly called trifocals. My, shake, my legs shake sometimes when I'm standing up. And my memory... Uh, oh, my memory fades sometimes. Things happen when we get older. That's part, that's part of it. Our bodies are in the process of breaking down, but death has lost its sting. There's no victory in death over us. Jesus said, He who believes in me will live, and even though he dies, and whoever believes in me will never die. Jesus and the apostles brought life and immortality of life through the gospel. Now, yes, the Old Testament has some, has some uh, 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 references to the future resurrection, but the light and detail of such awaited the Messiah. Job, Isaiah, Daniel, they all spoke of the resurrection, but it took Jesus for it to become a reality. Jesus was deeply moved as, as he contemplated what it would take to overcome all the sin and the suffering. Everything that had come into this world after the fall. Adam and Eve were made to live forever. They were made to fellowship with God forever. There was no diseases, there was no sickness, no sin. Jesus knew the battle He would soon face. But death couldn't hold our Lord down. And the one who said, I am the resurrection and life, also dwells today within the believers and guarantees our life after death and the future resurrection as well. I don't know if you've ever heard of a, of a, of a, a preacher who passed several years ago named S.M. Lockridge. S.M. stands for Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. What a name. What a name. I had to look that up. I didn't know when I got saved who Shadrach Meshach was. Then I found out a bed go too. What a great story. I love that story. I share it all the time. Brother Lockridge preached a sermon called That's My King. That's My King. Uh, 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 an evangelist named Priscilla Shire took that and put a little bit of a modern twist on it. And I want to share a little bit of this with you all today. He is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, always is, always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, but never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced but eased pain. He was persecuted but brought freedom. He was dead but brings life. He is risen to bring power and He reigns to bring peace. The world couldn't understand Him. Armies can't defeat Him. Schools can't remove Him. The leaders can't ignore Him. The New Age can't replace Him. And Oprah can't explain Him away. Herod couldn't kill Him. The grave, death couldn't handle Him. And the grave couldn't hold Him. That's my King. I wonder, do you know Him? That's my King. That's the one that I serve. The power, and, the power and fear of death that grips so many has been destroyed, church. That's my king. Our bodies still age and, and this old rotten shell will de be decrepit. But Jesus said, He who believes in me 
will live even if He dies. And all believers should be changed to be like Him. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be that generation that gets to meet the upper taker and not the undertaker? Absolutely. Some of that, and I wish I could have, I used to have it almost memorized. Because it's beautiful. It's awesome. It says, I wish I could describe him to you, but he's undescribable. That's my king. It's like the song that we sang, how many kings stepped down from their throne? Just one. To die for me. Just one. He died, but he rose again. We had a friend that was in the gospel industry and I don't know if they wrote a song or if it's one they've heard somewhere, but it's called The Stone Rolled Away and the Truth Came Out. The truth lives. The truth will set you free. And the truth will give you everlasting life. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter day. Lord, I pray, God, that Your Word will prosper in our hearts that your, your Son will help us to lead others to the redeeming grace that he, he died for. And Lord, most of all, let us not fall short of Your will for our lives. Let us be disciples. Let us be ministers. Let us live the grace out in life. Mm. And Lord, let, let the hope of glory not just be in us, but be through us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.